Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again I'm bringing you one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the golden age of radio had to offer. This week, we tell a tale about how justice takes matters into its own hands in the form of an evil, haunted cellar where three criminals decide to hide out. Today, the cast of B.K. Dawson, Mike Williams, Liz Kinder, and myself reincarnate Beezer's Cellar from Quiet Please, which originally aired on October 10th, 1948. So turn off the lights, gather around, and remember, if this story scares you, it scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I looked at Marlene. Marlene looked at me when she heard this old guy talking about Beezer's cellar. Get a load of this, Marlene, I said. She picked up a French fry and ate it very quiet while we listened to the old guy. So this here is Beezer. They always called him Six-Fingered Beezer, see, on account that he had six fingers on each hand. He never did build his house. He got the cellar dug up, and then he up and hung himself in it. Well, I don't know rightly why, but there was some talk about the cellar being dug into a cursed ground. I want to tell you there's been mighty odd doings up there by George, up at the Beezer cellar. Well, fires, lights at night. And don't you tell me about Foxfire. I seen Foxfire, and I know it when I see it, and this here ain't no Foxfire. Hmm, sixty-odd years ago. And moans and hooting, hollering all over the place at night. Trees are waving their branches when they ain't no wind. Oh, sure, that's a real deserted place. That there place is haunted, Sonny. No, sir. Ghosts and spirits and crawling things are hooting holler. <laughs> they ain't my line at all. I ain't been up there since I was kid in short pants. A clique of us went up there one afternoon in the fall, and we thought we seen a skeleton lying down there on the floor of the cellar, and we cut and run. Never stopped till we got to the CNA tracks. Yes, sir. And there's a place to shun, and by golly, people shun it. Well, it's right out past the cemetery, where you turn off a strict fadden road, but it'd take quite a lot of finding. About uh, three miles east, there's a big elm tree, struck by lightning, but I wouldn't be caught dead there for all the treasures in the universe. Come on, Marlene, I said. We sort of drifted out of the place. The car was parked up under a big tree at the side of the road. Pete was sitting there with a P-38 pistol he had brought back from the war, with his feet on the suitcase with the $82,000. We stopped the counting on the side street in Wilmington on the way from Chicago. We watched the state cops go on past us down 66. Then we switched the license plate and jogged on after him. Pete wasn't taking any chances. He had to snoot of that P-38 in our faces the minute we walked up. You, uh, ought to make some noise or something. Might have let you have it. Put that gun away for a minute. Move over. Get in, Marlene. You bring me a sandwich? Barbecued pork, all right. Yeah, I could eat it raw. What's cooking? Stanley's got an idea. What now? You scared of ghosts, Pete? I ain't scared of anything. Well, that's good. What's this about ghosts? We might run into a couple of them, where we're going. An old man with six fingers on each hand. Hanged himself 60 years ago. 
Listen, what are you figuring on? I found a place to leave the bag with the money for a while, while things cool off. Leave the bag? What do you think I was going to do? In that cellar? What cellar? Stanley, are you crazy? Listen, how'd you like to let me in on this, huh? Listen, this is a haunted cellar, see? Pete. The old man says nobody ever goes there. They're, uh, they're scared to go down there. Yeah, so am I. Oh, can it, Marlene? There ain't nothing to be scared of. Only ghosts. Well, we could always go riding around the countryside if you wanna. Asking some hick cock to take us. Ah, that's always the way with you amateurs. I am no amateur. I shot the guys, didn't I? Who told you to shoot? Who told you which ones to shoot? Well, what are you beefing about? I didn't say anything. Well, I wish I'd never got into this. For a nice chunk of $82,000, you wish that. Well, do we have to do it this way, Stanley? You think of a better way? Where is this place? A few miles from here. What are we waiting for? Ask my boy. We won't have to stay long then, will we, Stanley? Why, listen, baby. You think I'd go there at all if I didn't have a hot suitcase to take care of? We'll leave right away. I will. We all will, whether old Six Fingers shows to scare us or not. Which way, Stan? Well, this old fella says something about a road, um... Strick Fadden Road. Well, don't look now, but the reason I was asking is there's a motorcycle coming down the road back there. Where? And I was just kind of interested in our next move. Not that I haven't got ideas of my own. Put that gun away. I was only going to ask him a question. But Pete didn't have to ask him a question. Marlene stepped out of the car and she walked right up to the man in the blue shirt and said, How do I get to Strick Fatten Road, officer? And the officer told her just as polite as a head waiter. <laughs> He'd be awful surprised if he hadn't known what was pointed at him while he was being so nice to the cute little redhead. Yeah, what he don't know won't hurt him, I always say. And we relaxed. So we found the road all right. We drove along slow, little old Model A4 with Indiana license plates. And we were pretty quiet. I don't know what Pete was thinking about, or Marlene, but I know what I was thinking about. Trees hanging low over the road, trees that moved their branches when there wasn't any wind, and the lights in the night that wasn't Foxfire. Uh, whatever Foxfire is. And pretty soon there was a great big old elm tree alongside the road and it looked as if it had been struck by lightning. So we stopped and there wasn't any trees waving in the branches or any funny noises, but we found Beezer's cellar. I wish we hadn't. There was an elm tree that was struck by lightning. There was a fence that we busted down. There was a kind of path, or it had been a path once, It was all I could do in the dark to bust my way through the underbrush with a flashlight. (laughs) And Pete and Marlene were waiting in the car, ready to go into a smooching act if any inquisitive cop pulled up. (laughs) Smooching, with the hiney pistol aimed under his arm over the side of the car. It was a lot easier getting the $82,000 than it was crawling through the bushes looking for Beezer's cellar. I pretty near fell into it. It didn't smell very good. There was water in spots in the bottom, and it looked haunted enough. Kind of felt my back hair coming up, but I said, Ah, well, it's better than one of these little iron rooms they got down in Statesville. And I went back after Pete and Marlene. We run the car off the road, hoping nobody would see it. We lugged the suitcase back through the underbrush, and I jumped down. Pete and Marlene climbed down after me. Good deal, huh? Looks haunted, all right. I don't like this, Stanley. Well, let's stash the bag and get on out of here. How are you going to do it? 
I'll dig a hole, jerk, and bury it. What with? Well, didn't you? Ugh, for the love uh, of- Wait a minute, Stanley. I see something over there against the wall. Flash the light. I thought I saw it when I climbed down. Huh, my shovel. Ain't that convenient. Maybe the ghost left it here. Cut that out. <laughs> Scared you, kid? Yeah, thanks, Marlene. Uh, hold the light, Pete. No, 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 turn it out, quick. There's a car coming. Okay. I have to make so much noise? You want to dig? I'll hold the light. Wait. What's the matter? Shut up. Thought I heard somebody. Go on, dig. Let me hold the light and you can both dig. We'll get out of here quicker. Okay. Boo! <gasps> Don't do that, Stanley! <laughs> uh, nobody gonna hurt you, kid. No, but that's not the Here, here, here. Come back with the light. Come on, let's stop kidding around. I'm going to sit down. You'll get all wet. No, there's an old busted chair here. Oh, for the love all right, of- All right, all right, all right. <sighs> there. Yeah, now let's go. <gasps> now what's the matter? Stanley- you didn't sit in this chair, did you? You kidding? Pete? What's the matter? Somebody's been sitting in it. The seat's still warm! Then she dropped the flashlight, and it rolled into the hole we'd been digging. The light went bouncing down and down and down and down, hundreds of feet. We could watch it twisting and turning and lighting up all the sides of the deep, smooth shaft that seemed to have no bottom at all. Huh. There we were in the dark down in Beezer's cellar. The darkness pushing down on us. There was a sound somewhere, way far off, that seemed to come up to us from the bottomless pit that we had opened. And I swore. I lit a match. Pete and Marlene were leaning over the edge of the hole. Marlene jumped back and started screaming. <laughs> and she wouldn't stop till I shook her a couple of times. I said, cut it out! You want all the cops in the state to come running? <laughs> she grabbed me by the arm. She was yammering like a baby. I saw it. It was looking right at me. I, I saw its eyes. <laughs> she passed out cold. One quick grab that Pete made kept her from falling right into the hole. Pete and I splashed some dirty water on her face. Pretty soon she sat up, and it started to rain. Look. I don't go for this, Stanley. Scared of ghosts. Ah, nuts. There's no ghosts. But I think we can find a better place to bury our dough than Mr. Beezer's cellar. Let's get out of here, please. Let's get out of here. Cut it out, Marlene. No, no. Let's get out of here. I tell you, I saw these eyes- You saw a reflection of the match down in this old well. Well, sure, that's what it is. Some of these old houses had a well right in the center. I, I remember it from when I was a kid, and we busted into the well. I saw eyes looking at me. Cut it out. You didn't either. We'd have been in a swell fix if we dropped the suitcase down the well. Yeah. Let's dig another <laughs> hole. Marlene! Uh, let's get out of this. I'm getting soaked. Yes, let's get out of here, Stanley! Go on, you two, if you wanna. I'm gonna get this suitcase planted. Come on, Pete. Hurry up, Stanley. I'll hurry. Wish you hadn't dropped that light. Oh, Pete. Pete, I'm scared. All right. I'll, I'll boost you up first. I... I can't.
cannot... Can't get up here, Pete. This isn't the place. Wait, I'll light a match. Oh, wait. On the other side, I guess. What's the matter? Can't find the place where we climbed down. Oh, over this way. Uh, no? This side. No, that way. Say, you know something, Stanley? Huh? Know what? Something's happened. Listen, Stanley, I... I've been all around the walls of this place, and that busted place in the wall where we came down ain't there anymore. Pete! What are you talking about? I'm telling you, Stanley. Light a match and look for yourself. And I struck a match, and I shielded it carefully in my hands, and I looked around the walls of Beezer's cellar in the drizzling rain, and you know what? There wasn't any way out of that place that I could see. The walls, all four of them, were just as smooth as glass. And from way, way down deep in the earth, I could see just a little bitty gleam from that flashlight. And I thought to myself, I, I see what Marlene meant. It does look like eyes now, don't it? Down at the bottom of a musty old cellar in the middle of the night, and a hole in the floor that goes down, I haven't got any idea how far. And the rain, and a hysterical woman, and a suitcase with $82,000. And no way to get out of the place. Great, huh? Well, you can explain anything, can't you? The hole in the floor? Sure, that was a well. The eyes she thought she saw? Sure, that was the flashlight reflecting on the water down there. And the way we couldn't get out? Well, maybe the wall wasn't as busted down as I thought it was when we got into the place. Maybe we didn't notice how smooth the walls were. Yeah, sure. And how are you going to explain that chair seat being warm when Marlene sat down on it? I didn't want to come here in the first place, and those eyes scared the life out of me. There's no such thing as ghosts. You picked a swell time to make a statement like that, boy. Well, there ain't. Maybe there is no ghosts, but there are other things. <sighs> like what? I don't know. Like things that come up out of the ground? Ah, oh, cut it out. Give me a cigarette, Pete. Are we gonna sit here all night in the rain? What'll I do? Fly out of here or something? Give me a match! Let's get out of here! Wait till morning. We'll find our way out then. I wonder if we could reach the top of that wall if we stood on the chair. Well, I don't know. You couldn't get me to touch that chair for a million dollars. It was warm. Ah, that don't signify nothing. It does to me. And what about the suitcase? What? What'd you do with it? I'm sitting on it. I'm scared. Look, baby, I don't like this any too well either. Then sit close to me, please. I'm cold. Move over this way. Well, don't worry, kids. In another couple of months, we'll come back and pick up our little prize package here. We'll be warm for life. All of us. If we ever get out of here. Oh, come on. What was that? You do that, Pete? No. What was it? I don't know. Stanley? Oh, wait a minute, Stanley. I think I know what it was. What? Stan? What? Come here. Careful now. In the damp darkness, I moved toward the sound of Pete's voice. He stuck my hand and put it over the edge of the hole I dug. See? A couple of bricks fell in the hole. Oh. Marlene, get back from the edge. What is it? Move back, honey. Stanley. Light a match, Stanley. You got him. You light one. All right. Stand back a little. And in the light from the match before it was fizzled out in the rain, I saw what made the sound. 
two or three bricks had gotten loose at the edge of the hole I had dug and had fallen in, and as I looked before the match went out, two more sagged and fell downward into the bottomless pit. Get back, Marlene! I yelled. Pete lit another match. Look out! A crack yawned open and with a crash, a half a dozen more bricks tumbled into the hole. I could see the feeble glow of the flashlight way down there. Seemed to me that things crawled far, far below us into that horrible pit. Pete and I dragged Marlene away to the wall. There was a rumble. The mouth of the pit grew bigger. Seemed that the glow from down there was growing stronger. We sat there, huddled against the slippery walls, frozen cold with terror. Another section of the floor fell in. The whole floor is going. Come on, we gotta get out. Marlene sobbing and Pete and I scrambling at the slippery walls. There wasn't a chance. And the rumbling stopped for a second. We flattened ourselves against the bricks. In the light that came from down there, I could see Pete's staring eyes and the tears of fright shining on Marlene's cheeks. I said, we gotta get out of here. Oh, Stanley. Help me up the wall, Stanley. Ain't no use to try, boys. You can't get out. And I looked up. And there, sitting comfortably on the edge of the cellar wall, grinning at us in the light that flowed up from the pit in the cellar floor, was the old man Marlene and I had heard at the roadside restaurant. The old man who told the lurid story about Beezer's cellar. Ain't no use to try. You're stuck. Uh, help! Help! Don't hoot and holler, lady. Look, old man. Give us a hand, will you? I heard tell of a feller, long time ago, that got down into this here cellar, just like you done. Give us a hand, the floor's going. I know, the floor fell in with him too. Well, help us. He killed a feller down towards, uh, Manito, and he come in here and hid in the cellar. Give us a hand out of here! And the same thing happened to him. Never did find his body. Oh, no. Come on. Give us a hand up out of here. Help us. Please, please. You know what's down there? Fire and destruction. Listen, old man. Da-da-da, boy. You know you ought not shot that poor feller at the bank in there, Chicago. Murder's bad. <laughs> Listen, we got a lot of money down here with us. I know. You're criminals. We'll split it with you. No one no part of stolen money, bub. <laughs> Help us! There ain't much floor left, is there? They'll never find your bodies. Now listen, you old... Now don't call me names, bub. Pete, put that pistol down! That won't do you no good, son. Too bad. Uh, listen, mister, for the... For the uh, look, there's a woman down here! Criminal. Just like you two boys. Yeah, but... Look, look out, Marlene! Stanley, there isn't any place left to stand. Here, Marlene. Kinda figured you was listening to me back there at old Sawweather stand. Kinda figured you'd come a-kicking down here to the cellar. <laughs> Mister, listen to reason. Please, just reach down and give us a hand! Kinda figured I'd come along and watch and see what's happened to you. It's mighty interesting. Oh, oh if I could get my hands on you. Hey, you can't. Not unless I let you. You can't do this to us. We are people. We Help! Please, mister, I beg you. No, 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 lady. There's no use of hollering. The wages of sin is death, I always say. You robbed and you murdered, so you gotta be punished now, see? You can't sit there and watch us die! Another hunk of the floor is gonna fall. You better move off to one side. I'm gonna get that old- nah! 
Put your pistol down, Sonny. I'll get him. I told you it ain't no use. Please, Pete, don't, don't. Get off me. Get off me. Listen, Sheriff, I, I, I ain't no sheriff. I'm just a feller interested in seeing justice done. I recognized you back there at the restaurant, and I thought to myself, well, I'll just tow these people over here to the cellar, and we'll leave things to their course. Look out, Marlene! Uh, help! Haven't you any pity, man? Not much. Not much for thieves and murders. He's crazy, Stanley. There's an insane asylum across the river there someplace. He's escaped from there. No, son, I ain't insane. Listen, what would you give to get out of there? You... you can have half the money. Ain't got much time for bargaining. Give it all to him, Stanley. That's better. You ought to be willing to give up all the money to save your lives. Yes, yes, yes! See, if I was in a fix like that, I'd give anything I got. Well, we won't. Yes, we will! Floor getting hot down there. Mighty interesting. Well? All right. You can have all the money. Help us out! Oh, no, you don't, Stanley. Hand it up. Stanley, how do we know he'll help us? Wait, don't give it to him! Take it! Quick! No! 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 And Pete leapt at the suitcase I was handing up to the old man. His fingers touched the edge of the bag when another section of the floor gave right under him. He fell down and down and down and down, twisting and turning into the fire that kept coming higher and higher up the shaft, reaching for us. And the old man took the bag and set it on the edge of the cellar. See, that might have been you, fella. Or you, lady. Help us out of here! It's good riddance. He was the one that shot that fella at the bank in Chicago. Good riddance, I always say. Are you going to help us? Sure. Sure, right in the nick of time, too. Grab my hand, lady. I'm afraid. Up you come. Boost her up, mister. There you are. Just as right as rain. All right, now. You turn. And as the strong arms of the old man lifted me up over the lip of the cellar wall, the last section of the floor below us fell away into the fire. And just as if a play or something was over, the flames died down. First they were yellow, then purple, and then they just went out. Marlene grabbed my arm. Where did he go, Stanley? Where where did he go? I don't... Hey! Old man, hey! Stanley... Come on, let's get out of here. Oh! I... What's this? Marlene! What? He didn't take the money. It's right here. And so I picked up the suitcase and Marley and I hacked our way through all that underbrush back to the road. We were just opening to the door to the car to get in, go away from Beezer's cellar, when there was sawed-off shotguns in our face and lights, and I could see the state cop's badge behind the light. He laughed and said, Come on, kids, we're going for a ride. It's very comfortable here in the little iron room at Statesville, and I hear that Marlene's all right down there at the women's prison at Dwight. She's staying there for 20 years. Me? Well, I'm gonna move. They got a little tight room here for people that get mixed up in murders. Little room you can walk into, but you can't walk out. All the modern conveniences, electricity and everything. Well, 
The old fella said the wages of sin is death. And I, I guess I'd rather be here than in Beezer's cellar. I really am grateful to that little old fella. The little old fellow with six fingers on the hand that pulled me out. And that concludes our reincarnation of Beezer's Cellar from Quiet, Please, and another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank my cast for helping me bring the script back to life. And new episodes can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement. And leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishin, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. (laughs) 